Welcome to episode 10 of the Chack Insider Podcast. Today, I talk with Tyler Richards, a married father of four and a member here at Community Heights. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, serving in ministry, serving both as a staff member and as a volunteer. Tyler is a young leader in our church, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Tyler Richards, thanks for coming on the the Chack Insider podcast. Welcome. Thank you. You come into my uh, my office, yeah. Where wherein we record, and now now we get to talk shop, right? Shop being your life, actually. So this is good. I t- Tyler started telling me stuff. I told him, no, 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 don't don't tell me, don't tell me. Yeah, we have to save it for the recording. We have to. I have to ask you questions. So, Tyler. People would know you because you're the other worship leader. So so you're not Josh Wormager. No. And you're not Kurt Henderson. No. And you're not Pastor Bo. No. Oh, and you're not Ben Sander. No. But you're Tyler right. Richards. And you're like the one of five. I guess we got five worship yeah. leaders here. Yeah. I, I guess I'd probably be... I mean, this might sound like I'm bragging, but I'm the most distinguished, I guess, from the others because I have tattoos. So that you're tatted up. I'm tatted up. So let me see. So that one on your forearm looks like a scary face of a guy. Well, it's supposed to be Jonah, like in. He's supposed to be like a puppet. Okay, but it's not even done. So oh, it's not done yet. Well, and then, you couldn't stand the pain, could you? No actually, pain, this no one gain. hurt the most. The first one I got oh, it's on my foot, but <laughs> so jo- the Jonah tattoo hurt the most. Yeah, because it. I, yeah, there was a lot of shading that was done, and it was, yeah, it swelled up pretty bad. <laughs> but Well, you know what? If Jonah would have just obeyed God, people wouldn't have to get hurt having tattoos about him. Yeah. Right? He yeah. W- anyway, Tyler, uh, talk to us about your family. Tell us about your family, Tyler. Okay, so I'm married, actually, it'll be 10 years almost this August. Ooh. So to Sandra. Nice. And then we have four children. Uh, Samaria is the oldest. She's six. London is five. And Tiberius is four. And Caspian, he's going to turn two in April. So, And then we nice. just got a puppy, which I don't know why we did that, but, you know, we did. So <laughs> You have to if you've got four kids like that. Well, when my four kids were that age, we had a puppy, too. Right. Yeah, we did. I yeah. mean, we live to regret it, but you have to do that with with children. Yeah. Well, there's a side bonus. I can take it hunting. So. Oh, there you go. Hopefully, hopefully it works out that way. But we'll we'll find out. That's good. So, how long have you been here at Community Heights? So, my parents are from Newton, and uh, I think they were attending here, and I think they got married at the old building. Okay. So, have I met your parents? You might have. They've been here a couple times, but they live in Minnesota right now. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, um, so I mean, it's been around thirty some years. I'm almost thirty four, so it's it's got to be close to thirty to thirty two years. Uh, I mean, I was I was born in Minnesota, but I we came back a little bit after I was born, and my parents have attended here almost my whole life. I've seen quite a few pastors and people, and so I'm I, I got a lot of years in, I guess. So. You're ripping on me already, Tyler. I'm sorry. You're like, I've hardly gotten here, and you're already saying goodbye to me here in a few years. Well, I got to get so many. Un- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it, what do they call people from Newton? What's the term? Cardinals. Okay. Do they really? Cardinals? Yeah. I mean, if you're from Newton and you went to Newton High School, yeah. 
you're a cardinal. But but what about native people from Newton? I mean, I have a word that I'm thinking they're probably called, but I'm not sure if that's right. I think you could probably call them Newtonians. But, that's what I thought. But that seems just kind of abstract to me. It seems scientific yeah. in, a, in a weird sort of way. It also seems kind of spacey. Yeah. I I don't know. If, if anybody ever called me that, I'd say, no, nah, I'm, I'm a Newton cardinal. You're a Newton cardinal. Yeah. Okay. So you've been a cardinal all your life. Yep. Grew up here in Newton. And uh, did you graduate from the high school here? I did. Okay, and uh, and you've been married ten years. Yep, been part of the church. Recently, you weren't here, though. I have a feeling that you weren't because when I met you, when I met you, you were staying with the Hertz. Mm-hmm. Were you moving back into town at that point? Well, actually, we'd been in town since uh, November of 2015. We had been in this townhome, and then the Hertz opened their house to us, and. Uh, we were there for about a year, too. So, I mean, we've been back almost three years, about two and a half, three years. Okay, so where are you back from? We were back from uh, a little town in Minnesota called Purim. It's about an hour and a half uh, south of Fargo, North Dakota, if that gives you any clue. Okay, yeah. So, in between Fargo and Brainerd, Okay. if that gives anybody any clue. Um, I was up there. As a worship director and small group director, doing ministry up there in a little Alliance Church. Yeah. So it was an Alliance Church. Yes. And you were there for how long? Not long. Not uh, long. Uh, it was about December of 2014 to, I think my last day was like in October of that next year. So not... Okay. Like 10, 11 months. Yeah. Approximately. Okay. Okay. And you you were involved in worship ministry. Yep. And small groups. Yes. So you're here in uh, Community Heights. Do you, are you in a small group? Yes. We are in uh, Pastor Bo and Jen's uh, okay. small group. And how's that going? It's good. What would you say to people who are not in a small group? Um, you're missing out. You really are. I mean, you're missing out on food. I mean, that could be a draw. <laughs> yes. But... You're you're really missing out on what um you know true community is what the church would call community really digging deeper and just enjoying one another getting to know each other better and it's not so much always about learning what the Bible has to say but I feel like just really just knitting together as a body of believers so so in a larger church it's important for us to be in smaller groups. Because we can kind of get lost in the crowd, right? Oh, absolutely. A couple episodes ago, maybe it was the last episode, that uh, Steve and Cindy Loveland were talking about getting involved in smaller groups within the church. And not just small groups, but even in the different ministries in the church where you've got a ministry team. Sure. And so you're serving with a certain group of people. Yeah, absolutely. So how do your kids enjoy Community Heights? The oldest one is, you said, eight? She's six. She's six. Yeah. So they're, what are they now? They're six and then what? Six, five, four, and almost two. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's busy. Yeah. That's busy. So, yeah. H- so how do they do in the children's ministry here? Oh, they love it. I think that's, they're always asking to go to church. Like if it has to do with church, they're there. I don't know. They love seeing their friends here. I think that's probably one of their main draws for them is seeing their friends and sometimes eating food. But they just love coming to church. And I think some of that is because we love to come to church too. But, I mean, yeah, they they fit in really well. Everybody knows them. They're usually running around the sanctuary after Sunday service. But 
So when you were up in, did you say Minnesota? Yeah. You don't think of Minnesota as being south of Fargo. No. You know, but it is, but right? It, yeah. It, it juts out over that spot. Right. So when you, you were up there for 10, 11 months, uh, what'd you learn? Probably too much to even just talk about right now, but... Give me one thing. I learned that um, there's a lot of things about myself I didn't realize that God was still trying to show me things that I didn't want to see. And even after that, it was still hard for me to see those things. But he showed me that I really don't have it together. I I um, I have a tendency to be a little self-righteous, I guess, and a little uh, judgmental, probably a lot more than a little. But those are just some things that I just found from being up there. I mean, in the whole situation, you know, it was more than that, but I feel like those are just like some of the peak things that I learned about myself that I was just really full of pride and, um, and I just didn't know it, which is kind of scary, you know, to really kind of think about. I mean, I would say that's probably one of the main things was just, I was just full of pride and I really don't say that easily. I mean, that's, that's not something I don't think any sort of ministry leader would want to admit. So that was for me, some main things. And just continuing on with that. Um, sometimes it's just, you got to be careful about what you say to whom that you're saying it to. And, um, even in ministry, not everybody's going to be nice. Not everybody's going to be supportive. Really? Yeah. I have not <laughs> noticed that yet. <laughs> When my voice gets really high like that, it means I'm being incredulous. Oh, really? Really? (laughs) You know, and that's, I I don't know how many pastors, Tyler, I've talked to that said, you know, God had gotten a hold of my heart and I wanted to serve him and I couldn't wait to join a group of God's people and we were going to serve the Lord together. And then they get into a local church and they get, they get, sometimes they get ripped to shreds. Oh yeah. Other times they just get shredded a little bit, you know, and they they can maybe get through it and they live and learn. But ah, man, every once in a while somebody just gets shredded, and then other times, like you said, you end up realizing what's inside of you. Everybody that goes into a minute leadership position in ministry ends up having to, if they're honest, it kind of amplifies our weaknesses and our flaws and learning and growing and trying to teach others. So I've had a lot of pastors tell me that, you know, that sure. they thought that, you know, working with Christians would be so much fun and so joyous and such a blessing. Well, it kind of is if you, you know, just go the long haul and, mm-hmm. you know, you're not living and dying by every every win and loss. Yeah, I, you know, like even now, just to be honest and just a little transparent, I've been going through some counseling, which has just been really helpful for me just to discover some of these things. And it's not even that the counselors say anything profound. It's me, the Lord showing me that I got some stuff I got to work on, but I got to find joy in what I'm doing. I can't always be thinking that like even ministry is a higher calling than what I'm doing now. I mean, what I'm doing now is what I'm doing. And I had a pastor friend of mine, he always if he listens to this, he's probably going to laugh at me, but he says, where you are, there you are. And, uh, I forget that a lot. (laughs) That's another, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wherever you are, be present. Yes. Right. Yes. I like to teach that a lot, that ministry isn't 
a job or a position. It's a calling on the life of the Christ follower, hmm. right, to serve. And, but it is hard when you don't feel like you're at your settled location where you're going to end up and where you want to be. It's hard to be content during transitional times. Yeah, I, I talk to Pastor Jason about this stuff all the time, and he's always trying to get me to settle down because we don't we rent a house right now and I'm not that renting's bad but I want to plant my roots and be somewhere and do something I enjoy and I I feel like God still I think he's laughing at me sometimes saying just chill out dude like I have stuff to teach you and you know I know these things but it's it's sometimes just really hard to understand that and to hold on to that that God is he knows what he's doing and that I just need to be patient so, Tyler, other than worship ministry, what else are you involved in at the church? Well, uh, I, I come here on Wednesday nights. I'm not necessarily a youth leader, but um, I do try to make some connections. Uh, Pastor Jason and I have been kind of mentoring some of these younger worship leaders that are in the youth group, and I guess maybe we could say discipling, but we've been trying to do that to help them just get a better understanding of what worship is. That really is good for me. I really enjoy that. And I just like to be present on Wednesday nights though, too. So my wife, she really loves youth ministry. That's something that she really enjoys. And I've been getting to know a few of the kids and just talking to them and just trying to just be present and just be a part of the community that meets here too. So I don't really have necessarily a role or a part here on Wednesday nights, but and sometimes I've been helping out with whatever, you know, whatever it may be. I want to make sure that I'm available and open to other things. So Sandra is involved in the youth ministry? Yeah. Which group does she work with? Primarily the junior high, just because the times are set up for our kids. Right, right. So junior high and kids ministry is all happening at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. And so she's been doing that since you guys got back? Yeah, I mean, we took some time off when we got back from ministry, but yeah, she's been doing that for the most part, just trying to find where she can fit in. And of course, she's busy with the kids, though, too. And and I, I've just finished school not too long ago, so that's been... What'd you finish? Well, I just finished my master's in uh, Christian studies from Crown College. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So you you are educated and... You have a master's degree. Yes. All right. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. That's really good. So talk to me about, you have a fantastic vocal quality, which means you got a great voice when you, when you sing. Yeah. So, so tell me, what do you think about when you're up there, what do you want us to know? What do you want us to feel? What do you want us to experience as you're leading worship? I, I think sometimes I want people to understand that worship is not just an experience, but it's an activity. And I think that's why for me, worship means the most when I'm playing music, because that's what I'm gifted in. So I feel like when I'm doing that, I'm really, truly just giving everything to the Lord. And uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, where we're standing or sitting or whatever. I, I feel like it's about this surrender And um, sometimes, just to be honest, I struggle up on that stage. I struggle with pride, with arrogance, with all kinds of issues, all while I'm trying to worship the Lord. And and some people may say, well, that's not a good thing. But I feel like, well, I think that is sometimes because the Lord's saying, focus on me, get rid of all this other stuff. And 
it's when we're able to just kind of just lay it before the Lord. So worship really, for me, is an activity, and it really comes down to obedience, as I've been trying to tell just a few people that, or just that's how my philosophy has been. It it just comes back to obedience. Um, That's really our first and I think primary act of worship at times is that we're obedient to what the Lord is trying to tell us and what he says in his word. Yeah. It's not just singing and dancing, but it's uh it's really surrendering yourself to him. So Bo likes me to use the term praise. He doesn't like to call it the worship time. He likes to call it the praise time and the praise team because he sees worship, you know, it's a whole, it's more holistic, a life of oh, worship, sure. right? But praise is something we're doing. Corporate praise is something we can only do, right, all together, corporately. Right. And that's the time for corporate praise. So you talked about worship being obedience, mm-hmm. which is probably the foundation of worship in many ways. But you talked about struggling with pride and arrogance when you're leading worship, How awful, Tyler. How terrible. But you're good enough to admit it, right? If anybody as good as you, musically, who's in front of a group of people leading, if you're not self-aware enough to feel the monster rising up within you, right? That, That arrogance. And it's almost like as you're using the very gift that God's given you with the one hand, with the other hand, you're holding down self, that wants to put itself on the throne. Yeah. Sometimes there's been just some times where I just have felt just terrible where I'm just like, I don't, I'm not ready to do this. And, um, but the show must go on, right? <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you're slotted, yeah. right? You well, got to lead worship that day. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it really, you know, it comes down to good or bad. We still have to praise and worship the Lord. I mean, he's still good. And, he doesn't change. So, I mean, the, the show does go on without me or with me. So, and I think that's kind of comforting to know that it's, it's okay that I get replaced or it's not about me. I, I mean, I enjoy playing the bass and guitar and, you know, like this last Sunday I played the washboard really badly, but it was really fun. You know, oh, I like that washboard and was the spoons. It? You got a lot of press in the first service, I think at least on yeah. the spoons. Yeah, well, I started getting like a blister or something. I'm a like, spoon blister? Uh, it's a long story. Well, I thought maybe I could do the spoons. Then, If you're going to get a blister from the spoons, though, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know until you try, until you get that blister, and then... <laughs> oh, man, until, until the bli- it's all fun and games until the blister rises on your spoon finger. Yeah. Well, Tyler, you've given us some good things to think about here with this issue of pride and arrogance because, again, it's about being self-aware. And sometimes if we're not self-aware, these things are happening inside of us and we're not even admitting it. We're not acknowledging it. Therefore, we can neither confess it nor correct it. But to be aware enough to say, you know, when I do this, I feel this bad thing rise up within me. You know, I feel that pride or that arrogance, and uh, I'm aware of that. And so, therefore, as we're rehearsing or as I'm getting ready for that time on that day, you know, you talk to the Lord about that, you know, and you say, I don't want this to happen, and I offer this to you as my worship just as we do. So the reason why I said the show must go on is because the truth is, it's not just you. We all walk in that room. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're all walking in in the same way. We're coming as worshipers. And some of us have just drove with our, in our car with our husband or wife, and we've just had an argument. Or with our kids, and we've just blown up at them, and then we have to get out and walk across the parking lot and bless all of our brothers and sisters as they look on. On our, onto our hypocritical faces, right? So we we deal with that stuff, or, right. or we come in bereft of any spirituality in our heart at the moment. We have no problem just sitting there and allowing the show to go on, yeah. As we sit there, but but we're not in the front, you know, and we don't have uh, we don't necessarily have uh, an outward gift that we're going to share, so we think we can get away with it. But we're all in the same boat. We all have to come in with clean hearts. That's something that I I feel like I'm still working on is really just confessing before the Lord, okay, I'm a mess again, you know, and just giving it to him. Like you said, the self-awareness has been key for me. Like I, my wife has been telling me, hey, you're preaching at me. I'm like, oh, and that's been really tough for me. But I've, now that I'm self-aware of it, I'm changing it. I'm not doing those things. I'm not making her feel like she's inadequate to how I'm feeling or saying. So when I come before the Lord, I mean, I want to be aware of what's going on in my life and knowing that I am still a sinner and I'm still going to screw up even probably on stage, but that's okay. You know, I feel like it's easy to get all wound up about it, especially for me. I just get really wound up about things and um, just let it ruin my day or um, the fact that I sinned and I'm like, well, now I can't go before the Lord and worship him. Wait a second. I'm not perfect. And, you know, I keep going before the Lord and he's already forgiven me, but I know that he is always willing to fix me and change me and make me new. So the point is, is like, it doesn't matter if we go before the Lord in repentance and confession, we're, it's okay. And, uh, it's hard to get that heart clean, but... Yeah, I said we all have to come in with a clean heart. What I really meant to say was we all want to come in with a clean heart, but, you know, Jesus makes our heart clean. Right. And then we have to live in the flesh and still have to, you know, still have to deal with some of that, but deal with it from from a position of righteousness, Right. the righteousness of Christ in our life. And that's a huge difference because without it, I mean, we can't even deal with a struggle inside of our heart. So, so I have a question for you. Um, you've been here for 30 years. Who has had great influence in your life from Community Heights? Even going back to when you were a kid and oh, a teenager. Man. Any people here that really had an influence in your life? There's, uh, there's a long list. There's even probably people I don't even remember. I mean, or I can't even name. One of the biggest influences in my life um, would have to be um, Tim Elrod. I mean, he's he was just impactful upon our whole family. I mean, he was really, he kind of mentored my dad a little bit. They had a good relationship. Um, I just really got to see somebody that, you know, wasn't fake and, you know, who's still a pastor, but he was still like, hey, I, I screw up and, and I don't always read my Bible every day or kind of just saying like, hey guys, just relax, you know, we're all in this together. And that was really impactful for me. I mean, there's some people I'm sure that were when I was younger. It's been, I guess I haven't thought about this. So I think some people, maybe I just want to say more recently, have been um, Pastor Jared 
um, Bartholomew, uh, he was here as our youth pastor at one point. He and his wife were super impactful upon not only me, but my wife too. They really spoke into our marriage. Um, they really invested, um, gave us some great tools, um, loved on us. Um, they loved our kids and we got to have one of their girls in our small group and we just love them to death. And it, they were just really impactful. So you mentioned two pastors. Now, how right. about non-pastors? Okay. I got how about it. lay people, like like regular? You have pastors, then you um, have normal, regular people. Okay. Um, Paul Fields would be another okay. impactful person. Him and Jeanette. Uh, um, Jeanette, mostly for the monkey bread. Um, no, I'm I've just heard kidding. about this monkey bread. It's really good. Yeah. Um, no, but they would teach us uh, Sunday school. I think it was around like junior, senior. I can't remember exactly the time, mm-hmm. but they were people that just loved us. I mean, not only me, but the the youth group, the kids that went to Sunday school, the kids that were at youth group, because they were always at youth group. They just loved us and um, I still say and talk to Paul and he's just, I think he was one of those people that just was one of those steady, firm, consistent people that I would always come across. And yeah, it's not like we had like always deep conversations, but I think those types of people are important though. And he always stands out in my mind when, you know, you'd ask me about um, impactful people. So one day I was at the, at the county jail and I was talking with the sheriff and he and I were in his office. We were kicked back, just talking, just getting to know each other a little bit. And the sheriff said to me, I used to attend Community Heights years ago. The sheriff is over 50 years old. He said, I used to attend Community Heights. When I was a teenager, somebody who had a huge influence on my life was Paul Fields. And he said, now, and he looked at me, he paused and he looked at me. He said, I'm not just saying this. He goes, that guy really had a a major impact on the person I am today. And I said to him, you know, Paul is still working with teenagers at Community Heights. And he didn't know that. He didn't realize that he was still in the youth group on Wednesday nights, yeah. forming and shaping young people. And he said, well, you know, he didn't know when he was dealing with me that he was dealing with the future Jasper County Sheriff. <laughs> but that's awesome. And yeah. you. And so he had an yeah. influence on your life as well. And you're not even close to 50. no. He was one of the major influences and to me for me going to Crown College. Although the first time I went I didn't do so well, <laughs> but you know, I still graduated with a masters from Crown, so he was still one of those people that was influential in a lot of different ways and um And very, his influence didn't stop when you graduated high school, did oh, it? Oh no. No. How how did it not stop when you graduated high school? I, I mean I would just always think about the fact that they loved us and there was people that I could trust within the church. I feel like that was huge for me. So, I mean, besides my parents, obviously. Yeah, there's there's people like that, and uh, there's people that do care. And, um, and oh, I always remember him saying, he always says this, I, I've never touched a drop of alcohol, and that was, and he didn't say it in a prideful way, but he's just like, this is, I don't do it. I just, that's not something for me, and, um, to come across that, for someone to say that and be like, I- I've never touched, I'm not going to, was really, I'm, you know, impactful for me that our life doesn't need to consist of all these different things that mm-hmm. fill our cups right? or not, you know? So that was, um, so that's always something I remember from him. 
Tyler, your wife's not here today, but I want you to speak for both of you guys because you know her well enough. You know what, maybe what she would say to this question. If you could wave a magic wand and make it so, mm-hmm. what would you like to be true about Community Heights 10 years from today? I think that what I'd want to be true is that Community Heights is a place that not only loves God, but is really doing the kingdom work, you know, is that we're engaged in making disciples and sending them out, raising up leaders here. And that sounds kind of generic, but it's true. I mean, that's, that's something I just love to see. I'd love to see this church grow and knit together like it's never been before and not say that, you know, people can't, you know, go and do different things. But the fact is that I'd love us to be a family that is so close and um, a family that's willing to adopt and love other people and bring them in. I mean, that's just, that's what I'd love to see our church do. I'd, I'd love it to, to just put aside some of what differences we have and just really come together as a family and really think of it that way as a family. I don't know if I'll be here 10 years from now. I don't know if I'll ever live in Newton that lo- much longer, but I think that's what I want for my life as well. Looking back over the past 15 to 20 years, give me two things about Community Heights you're really thankful for. I'm thankful that this church was always here for me. There's always people that were there. I mean, I've had my own issues where I've, I don't know if I ever really walked away from the Lord, but I've definitely delved into things that were just not good and had my own issues. But this church has always loved me and even rebuked me and which is really good. You know, I, I don't look back and say, Oh man, they were so crappy to me. No, I'm thankful that they loved me enough to tell me I was wrong. And um, another thing is that it's my home. I mean, this is, I'm just thankful that it's always felt like my home. There's always been this part of me that will never forget or misplace Community Heights as, you know, just this foregone conclusion or whatever, but that Community Heights is always my home church and I love it and that it's always been receptive to me and that uh, it's been, it embraced my family, especially in the time that we needed some health and some renewal. So, so Community Heights Church, a great place to call home. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tyler, hey, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. One of my takeaways of my conversation with Tyler is that oftentimes we learn and we grow through doing. We learn and we grow through trying and succeeding, through trying and failing. But if we never get involved and we never get in the game, we really don't have a venue in which to learn and grow. So I just want to encourage you as you're here at Community Heights, where are you serving? Where are you involved? And, you know, serving doesn't have to happen here in this building on the hill. Serving happens through your gifting by the Holy Spirit in whatever situation God places you in. So again, I would ask, how are you serving and what are you learning about yourself and about ministry through your service? Thanks for listening today to this episode where we talk with Tyler Richards and we'll see you next week. If it's Thursday, it's time for the Jack Insider. Insider.